Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. On May 24, 2014, more than a dozen indigenous poets, storytellers, musicians, and spoken word artists performed at an event entitled Our Land Culture Community, Story, Poetry, Song, Music, Rap for Liberation. The event was a benefit for the Indigenous Alliance Without Borders, whose mission is to affirm the rights of indigenous peoples, their right to self-determination, their collective human and civil rights, the rights of sovereignty, and the protection of sacred sites, and the free, unrestricted movement across international borders. Today's 30 Minutes continues with Part 5 of a multi-part series featuring host and organizer Simon J. Ortiz, an indigenous poet and writer of Acoma Pueblo heritage who specializes in indigenous literature. He is a Regents Professor of English at Arizona State University and convened many of the artists and introduced the speakers. First up on 30 Minutes, we'll hear Melissa Slocum, who is of Seneca heritage. And next, I want to introduce you to uh, a uh, young uh, fiction writer who I have come to know over this past year and who is uh, really evolving with her own words and her own language. And she is new into Arizona, but she has learned quite, quite, I think, uh, a lot and uh, in her own way uh, very well. And she's working on uh, a novel right now. And uh, I'm not saying that's what she's going to read, but we may. Uh, so therefore, with that, I want to introduce to you Melissa Slocum, who is of the Seneca uh, Tribal Nation. Melissa, please. Good evening, everyone. Um, thank you, Simon, for that lovely introduction. And thank you for reading tonight and for bringing us all together. Um, um, I've read with Simon um, before and with some of the people who are here, and I feel like every time we come together um, that we grow uh, just a little bit more. And I really appreciate the new people that I've been able to also um, read with, um, especially the Tucson youth poetry slam. is really good to hear the young people really putting it out there. Um, Thank you. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, um, as Simon said, I'm a fiction writer normally. Oh, speak up a little. Oh, okay. I'll just get closer to the microphone. Um, as Simon said, I'm normally a fiction writer, and I will read for my novel. Um, but I actually, um, today is my mother's birthday, and actually she's on the East Coast, which means it's past her birthday. But um, I did write a poem in her honor, and I'm generally not a poet, so forgive whatever you hear, but I did want to do this for her. I walk in the stillness of early May, watching the Arizona sunrise, unusual haze hanging along mountains, like a New York fog, only with cacti crowning. 22,000 miles away, my mother sits alone, reading, maybe on her deck, painted an awful orange seen from satellite photos. Not her choice, my sister's choice. 
flowers and plants on the deck in the garden. She can no longer care for them on her own. My three siblings nearby might call, but probably won't visit. She cannot easily fly on her own among sky and clouds. I take her out for lunch in my imagination. I have wanted to be a mother since I was small, since I could think about caring for another being and taking my children to the park, listening to their laughter, watching them run and run, or shopping or ha for haircuts, or groceries, keeping them away from sugared cereals, folding their small shorts and t-shirts, eating covers off the beds with them still rolled in the sheets. Camera in hand at every concert, play, show, award, plane departures and arrivals, folding their small bodies into my arms, squeezing, I love you, pumpkin. But I am on my own, shoes dusty, headed back to my apartment, where I will call her, standing on my own deck. Happy Mother's Day. Sorrow floating around my chest for both her and I, like the haze settling over the mountains. Oh, that's a little better. Um, so this is a chapter from my novel that I'm going to read next. Um, as Simon said, um, I'm a Seneca an ancestry. And I come from the Rochester, New York area um, that is part of the Haudenosaunee territory. And um, there's lots of us that grew up in the city, in small towns where there's only like one of us. Um, and on reservations. Um, and I'm setting certain chapters in the pre past, certain in the present, and certain in the future. And this is a future chapter. And I have the most fun writing the future chapters. Um, and it, there's going to be seven characters, so hope we can keep track, because I've had to kind of really cut this down. But the seven is intentional, thinking ahead of the seven generations ahead of us. So this is a future chapter somewhere in 2050, 2060. Um, and they are on a ghost hunt, or so they think. <laughs> Seven of them stood in the twilight. The one building left from the schools rose, oh, and I should say this is based around boarding schools, so they are at um, a boarding school which I have made up, and that is where they are doing their ghost hunt. <clears throat> the one building left from the schools rose in front to be outlined by clouds and a gray sky fading into black. It expanded to the east and to the west, one long, large block of rooms and wood. This was no mansion, no castle, no estate, however. In size, yes, not in history. No one had admitted to being there before, maybe tossing stones when young or writing on the brick as part of a dare. They all heard the stories from other kids starting in elementary school, stories getting less concrete as they grew older. They made a pact that once June came, graduation weekend to be exact, they would explore the school. Really, they would ghost hunt. Brenner had brought the plan to them, the one excited about uncovering mysteries and revealing truths. What really happened? Shouldn't we know for sure, shouldn't we? His brown eyes turned round and browner. The quick static of his words pushed them. They could feel the excitement, or at least curiosity, float to their own blood. Well, most of them. Should we be bringing that to the surface, asked Carrie. The spirits? Spirits, said Brenner. He sighed. Maybe they need us to do this. Why else would I see it so clearly? Carrie stared into his eyes and carefully roamed his face for answers. He seemed serious, she shrugged. So there they were, graduated, holding gear, and dressed in thermal suits with microphones and other devices. Another Brenner desire. He searched around the internet for deals on rentals of the stuff. Gear was so easy to get, being the latest fad. Everything these, everybody these days, out hunting, 
they're ghosts. Carrie didn't understand this need. Wasn't it all there every day without boxes of electric static and heat readers? But the seven mostly did everything together, grew up side by side through blood relation and parents who were best friends. Lena had agreed. They sat on Carrie's bed in the middle of a chill cat blanket with ovoids and form lines worked into a sea monster. Carrie's aunt by another marriage, not blood, lived in Alaska, married to a Klingon man. The ghost hunt made Lena giggle. Those boys and their toys. It will be fun, though. So at this point, they all kind of branch off into their little pairs, exploring the, the various parts of the mansion. And Brenner's on his own kind of watching this on videotape. So we're going to skip ahead towards the end. <clears throat> the scratching stopped. Maggie and Tim stood still. I am not opening that door, said Tim in response to Maggie's pleading eyes. Well, I'm not. They stared at the door. He leaned on the windowsill. She tapped her foot. We can't stand here all night, said Maggie. Why don't the goggles show anything? She tapped the end of her frames. The wood? I don't know. The closet is by the only exit. It's not the only exit. She twisted her thumb toward the window behind him. He leaned back and down. No. They both sighed. I could have sworn I saw something. Her voice lost its perk and much of its timber. I know. They were real figures, not ghosts. I know. He turned to look out the window again. Jaden and Lena still remained side by side, but they had moved, were moving. Lena's hand laid flat against her mouth, and her body may have been trembling. We have to look in there, you know. Maggie touched his arm. He didn't move. Facing the closet again, he said, I know. Jaden arched the detector in circles and more circles. It continued to pick them up. They were all over the yard in that area past the tree. The notes ran all in his head and his eardrums vibrating his blood. How? Lena stopped. She'd been trying to speak for 10 minutes. Her words came out in starts. She never finished them. I, I, he paused at one spot sometimes, but he couldn't help but keep rotating and making more appear in the screen. He couldn't help what was below, but he knew he had to find them all. And he also knew that wasn't possible. He began to use the beat. Who? He couldn't help her. He couldn't speak. He couldn't stop. She sighed. Bumps had already worked their way along her, over her arms and legs. The prickles began shortly after. All sounds in the yard seemed to fade into the back of her ears and her mind. Shouldn't we? She noticed that the grass didn't grow very tall in this area. It did far, far back from there. Nobody mowed it. That she knew. Brown clumps of dirt and moss spread across the entire expanse. Stubby shoots pushed out here and there. Nothing grows here. He stopped and then pivoted around. She was right. They met eyes. That whole area, there could be hundreds of them. Jaden and Lena startled when Maggie and Tim stepped up next to them. Find anything? asked Tim. Jaden kept his eyes on the detector. Lena's eyes appeared wild and shifty. Neither spoke. Oh, come on, share, said Maggie. When she peered down into the screen of the detector, she choked on her own saliva. That sent shivers down Tim's spine. She held up her hand to keep him away. Tim pushed past her. Good God, said Tim. Maggie's entire body began shaking. Her arms around herself did not stop this. They fouled each other kind of like geese. When one turned, the rest instinctually reacted in the same turn or step. How many? asked Tim. He'd already counted 25 in the half hour they explored there, back and forth, back and forth. More, said Lena. More. Should we catalog them? said Tim. Catalog, said Lena. She stopped, then got close enough to Tim so that they were chest to chest. They don't 
belong in a catalog. Do you hear me? Her finger on his chest resulted in a hard swallow from him. She turned back to the screen and looked back at the house. A deep purple spreading along the skyline changed the hue of the landscape. But the deep brown of the house remained the same dark. Brenner, where was Brenner? The downstairs held many doors. How is it that this building is so intact, asked Joe. He expected to find floors they couldn't cross, ceilings falling down, doors off hinges. Cobwebs were about the only thing that seemed normal about the old place. Carrie turned every knob and peered in every room. Maybe they don't exist. It would have been a great waste of space back then if they didn't use all areas. Doesn't mean it was built that way. It could have just been filled in from the beginning, concrete or something. I suppose. Hey, shouldn't we be slowing down as we open these doors? You know, check every room out. I just want to find if it's in here. The next door, the one farthest to the side of the house, let out must and damp. She smiled and stared it down. It was like a large box, smaller than the other side. One shine of the flashlight, and they could see that there was no other door, no other anything. Dust and cobwebs, said Joe. Let's go back and check out the other rooms. Shadows moved, cutting by the tiny rectangular windows. Fine. Rooms were small, like the second basement room, identical box next to identical box. These must have all been administrative, said Joe. It's odd that there's no living room or dining room or the like. It's got to be the main house then, for sure. Carrie's body and voice revealed defeat. Everything processed here. Now they're all congregated together. What's going on, asked Carrie. Lena? She watched her friend walk away, back straight, and for her, tense. Guys? Maggie pointed to the screen, still glowing blue and yellow and white, glowing. Her aunt, who Cave explored, had always told Carrie that the unexpected happened when you looked for it. It, but it was never what you expected. It could be more shocking and it could be nothing, at least nothing to you. What the hell, said Carrie. She yanked the detector from Jaden. His grip had tightened so that his knuckles were white. She somehow pried it away with one pull. He stood there, his face contorted into disbelief, disbelief that he had stopped, disbelief that he could no longer see the screen, see them. He couldn't turn off the music in his head, no matter how he willed it. Carrie held the detector up close to her face, staring down into the light and into the bones of many small bodies. Thank you. You are listening to Remarks Made at Our Land Culture Community, story, poetry, song, music, rap for liberation on 30 Minutes, 91.3 KXCI Tucson. The event was a benefit for the Indigenous Alliance Without Borders. Up next, we'll hear from youth members of the Pasquayaki tribe. All right. Now, uh, we have another youth group. Uh, where are they? There they are faithfully and enduringly hanging on. This is a Yaki, Yaki Ruth uh, youth group that uh, uh, is, is uh, really in the uh, midst of uh, uh, developing. And I think that uh, language is such a teacher. And I hope that... Uh, uh, what they have to say, of course, is uh, really at the center of our of our uh, of our own messages, personally and socially. The names of uh, of them are uh, Carlos Rivera and Samuel Alvarez. Samuel, 
and Matthew Leibas. And they are poets extraordinaire. Please, in what order you want. Hey guys, what's up? What's up? Can you guys hear me? Yeah? All right. Um, hi, my name is Carl Chivera. I'm a president of Paso Yaki Youth Move. Uh, stands for Motivating Others Through Voice and Experience. Uh, we do a bunch of volunteer work uh, on and off the reservation. We go to all like the, the Yaki communities around the city. Um, sometimes we'll go out of the city to go help whoever needs it. We're a really open group. Um, we have meetings every Monday, 6 p.m. If not Monday, if it's like a holiday like coming up, we'll have it on Wednesday, 6 p.m. to 8. I haven't been doing a, like, I guess, slamming for like a long time. I like actually had my first one last week. Oh, yeah, and I won. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm more of a rapper, so like a lot of my stuff rhymes, so yeah. <clears throat> and this is like about like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. The area I'm from's really all I ever know. The time I learned to walk till I'm chilling, growing old. It made me who I am, I always keep it in my soul. May not be the nicest, but this place I call my home. My grandmother's house lately always on my mind. Remember as a kid where I spent most of my time. Backyard living, it was 1999. Watched the world around me change like the people by my side. Started growing up and understood wrong and right. If the older kids did it, it's not bad. No surprise that we want to be like them. They're cool in our eyes, doing all this stuff to impress the homies, right? Drinking, smoking cigarettes, and puffing on some trees. Sad to say we started all of this at 13. My friends joined gangs. I started on the music, trying to set examples for these kids that I influence. Keep chasing dreams. The neighborhood taught me that. We always stick together, so I know they always got my back as long as I stay loyal. Remember, no forgetting where I came from. PYT, I'll always rep it. Yeah. All right, um, I got one more. And, um... Yeah, I think I have to read this one because I just recently wrote this. <clears throat> I call it a uh, monsoon. <laughs> it's this one's like a little more like I'm I'm trying to like I don't know extend expand my writing and stuff my writing style I don't know okay. <clears throat> monsoon, monsoon, monsoon. The season's upon us because summer restarted. Autumn creeps the corner and spring's departed. I will not accept winter's existence, a seasonal pessimistic. The holidays are trash, it's time to make it rain on these hoes. I've been riding around with my brew taking sips. We rolling five deep in my godmother's whip. The cleanest of smiles engage with the dirtiest fun. The res made me what I said I'll never become. And I'm only 18. If I'm dead by 21, I'll probably die in the casino, live and die by the casino. It's time for some reflection. You vamping and you can't see yourself. All the smoke and mirrors, no wonder why you believe yourself. When you say you all right, it's just been a long night. Versus over homework, you might spend that summer online. Well, that's where I'm trying to go. Rap is all I know. There's a cortisone flow. Let it pump through me like an artery. Just doing what it ought to be. Giving you my thoughts. Giving brain like sodomy. The stars is calling me, leave it to the voicemail, one answer that sell to uh, the ones won't answer that sell to sell out and try to make a sale. Thank you. Damn. Hi. Nah. <laughs> um I'm Matthew, Matthew Lapis. Um all right, I'm just gonna do this because I'm not good at talking. This first one is called My Pandemonium, and it's like, it's, it's not real, so don't believe it. <laughs> Inside, I'm dying to feel alive, holding my breath to breathe and depriving myself to thrive, making it out alive? Well, isn't that the question? 
Sad to say, at one point I had it in my possession. See, my compendium comes with a pandemonium. Make it in the end, but the demons still got a hold of them. And they ain't letting go of them. No, they ain't letting go. Competition with the angels, are they friends or are they foe? And the soul's already owned, sunk into the devil's throne. Filled the pen with blood and signed my name and all I've ever known. Ever since I've died, before I've died, I've never felt this much alive. Always thinking to myself that this is no way to survive. I was stuck in a position where the world would never listen. Now the things that I've been missing are my everlasting wishes. I was living in a storm to keep my head in the clouds. Dragging myself down to make my family proud. Running through the crowd just to make it to the stage. Now I walk the stage, but with a heart full of rage. Made the deal, exchanged the kill, and fame is what he gave. Now I fly free, yet my limit's but a cage. If you're looking at... <sighs> If you're looking at me now like this man has gone insane, then you're looking at me right. And really, who are you to blame? I messed up. All right. Yeah, yeah that was scary. All right. I got one more. And this one, I cannot find it. Hold up. This one is the average relationship. In my girl's car with a tank full of turmoil. Doing donuts on a donut with a donut in the soil. Finally reach a green light, but now we're running on empty. Find the nearest station, QT, 50 bucks on three. Now we had a decline, going 60 MPH. Destination straight ahead, baby speeding up that pace. But I ain't with the road trip, so drop me off right here, right now. Rather take the bus route, 29, I'm heading out. Mother moon, drift away, father morning light. Wake up with the morning text, guess it ain't so bright. Cupid must be on one, Archer shooting spree. A modern version Hawkeye when demanded by Lowkey. And Lowkey is where we really need to keep our conversations. Mature what you expect, but you ain't reaching expectations. Salvage the relationship, what I wish to accomplish. Then and now I've given up, I hope that you're astonished. Chemistry connecting eyes between you and these other guys. Came to see your love for me was nothing more than a disguise. Billet dopes I wrote for you was sponsored by your conquer conquered lies. Swirl lied so hypnotized, took so long to realize. That you were never there for me like I was there for you. Just hope that I can make it past the things we used to do. The smiles that we shared. Nobody can compare. And if you had him running back, the love would still be there. Uh, hello. I don't really do poetry. It's not my thing. But, I mean, sometimes you have stuff to say, so... This one, I don't know, really, is, is, I labeled it excuses, because that's what all of everybody else has, is excuses. Marijuana and beer is my father's medicine. Cigarettes held him down, shots of liquor kept him alive. What was riddling? I was a curious child. What does it feel like to change your mind? Hoping, wishing, and waiting for a chance to experience something different. With the sun, I arrive home. Tonight was a success. With about to my side, my eyes bloodshot red. A stench of beer lingers with every lie I told my mom. I'm sorry, I know that was wrong. Father, it's not your fault. Mother, please forgive me. I was born into this life. This is intertwined in my DNA. Broken dreams flow through my veins. And tragic in my eyes, I feel my ancestors' pain. See, we drink on Sundays, we smoke before we drug test. We are exposed every turn, every corner we turn, and we scream, we hate life. We cry every night, hoping to see tomorrow's sunlight. I strive on my embarrassment. I live on my shame. I survive on my hate. And I love in my father's name. I love life. Uh, this one, I literally wrote this like right now for fun. And I don't know. Okay.
Every so often, I pause, take a deep breath. I find myself in every moment. Not because I'm stressed or not because I'm afraid of what's next. I do it because I'm alive. I am breathing. I inhale every opportunity. I exhale change. I don't do this for me. I do this for everyone, for the fathers who stayed and the mothers who put herself second, for the child that loved so easy, and for my people. <sighs> pause. If you take anything from me, it's to greet the sun rises and to breathe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you to all of them. To uh, Carlos and Samuel and Matthew. You are all living writers. You've been listening to remarks made at an event entitled Our Land, Culture, Community. Story, poetry, song, music, rap for liberation. The event was a benefit for the Indigenous Alliance Without Borders, whose mission is to affirm the rights of indigenous peoples, their right to self-determination, their collective human and civil rights, the rights of sovereignty, and the protection of sacred sites and the free, unrestricted movement across international borders. Today's 30 Minutes included host and MC Simon J. Ortiz, an indigenous poet and writer of Acoma Pueblo heritage who specializes in indigenous literature. In the first portion of the program today, we heard from Melissa Slocum, followed by three youth members of the Pascoyaki tribe's chapter of motivating others through voices and experience. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. This has been part five of a multi-part series. I'm Amanda Shager.